Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Toward Light podcast. Just a quick note that there might be a little bit more sound in the background than normal. I will try and edit as much of it out as possible. Earlier today, I was listening to the 10% Happier podcast, Dan Harris's ABC News podcast with Lama Rod Owens, and Lama Rod paraphrased a quote that stuck with me, so I tracked it down. It's from the Greek philosopher Archilochus, and he says, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. That's why we train so hard. This is why firefighters train so much, right? So that when they're faced with a fire, when they're faced with a pressure, with a dangerous situation, their conditioning sets in and they're able to perform even in the face of danger. When we are faced with a crisis, the attempted coup on the Capitol, a loved one getting COVID, a breakup, whatever it may be, our brain moves to survival mode. We are less able to access higher brain functioning, which is often called executive functioning, and our brain reverts to the neural pathways that are used the most. It reverts to doing whatever we have trained in the most. So the quote again, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion, you sink to the level of your training. That's why we train so hard. This is what I want to talk about today. What are we training ourselves in? What are the ways we are training in greed, aversion, and delusion? And what are the ways that we're training in generosity, compassion, and presence? When a crisis hits, what are patterns and behaviors we will be able to access? I want to be very clear that I'm not judging any of us for the ways we may be training in greed, aversion, and delusion. It's why I'm going to share examples of some of the ways I do that. I really want to normalize that experience. These three poisons, greed, aversion, delusion, are talked about in the teachings again and again because they are part of the human experience. Yes, they get in the way of awakening and they're universal. So I want to talk about ways we train in the poisons so maybe we can catch ourselves more and try and train in their opposites, try and train in generosity, compassion, and presence. So a few ways that I train in greed is I often, when I go to the grocery store, even though I have a list of what I need, I often let myself get a treat that I get to eat in the car ride on the way home or right when I get home. So even though I don't need it, even though I'm clear about what food I'm going to eat or going to need, I still let myself act on greed and find something that looks good, quite often something sweet, and grab it. So I'm training myself to see something that I want and to allow myself to just take it with no repercussions, with no thinking about it. Now, they're often small things. It's not a lot of money. It's not a ton of calories. But still, it's this way that I'm training myself to experience greed and then give into it. Another thing is the one more episode is sometimes I'll be watching something and I just sort of get wrapped up in it. And so even though I was planning on putting the screen down and picking up my book or going to go do some art or whatever is often I will 
play another episode. I just give in to that greed, into that mindlessness, into uh, wanting the pleasure and the easiness of it. And another way that I can give in to greed is around shopping for clothes. I love dresses. And so there are times when I can just go overboard and I have a dress that I like and I bought it online and then I ended up buying it in four other colors because I just wanted all of it. Um, I wanted to wear it all the time. And it's a very nice dress um, and I do wear it a lot, but I didn't need five. Three would have been totally sufficient, maybe even two. So watching just the way is that I can talk myself in, the greed can talk me into taking, getting more, more, more. It's a really important for me to see that these are some of the ways that I train in greed. We can see that the more we give into greed, the more we allow it to take over, the more we let it run rampant, the harder it is to resist it, the harder it is to say no. Unchecked greed is what led to the Capitol insurrection on January 6th, people unable to accept a president they didn't vote for. So rather than accepting the reality, they're driven by greed and act from that poison, right? So the flip side of greed is generosity. So some ways that I am trying to practice generosity in any situation where it's appropriate to tip. I'm making sure that I tip and tip well. As many of you know, I'm traveling. And so because tourism is down, I know that the folks who live and work here are struggling. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm being generous with my money when I'm going to businesses and when I'm dealing with people like baristas and servers and taxi drivers, etc. I let people go in front of me if I'm in a line and I have a basket full of things and someone behind me has one thing. It's an easy training and generosity to say, you can go ahead. It's not a big deal, but it's a good practice. And it might be a big deal for that person. They might be in a rush and the last thing they want to do is wait behind me while I'm checking out my 20 things and they just have one thing. I'm also practicing generosity When people ask questions of answering, even if it's not a conversation I necessarily want to be engaged in or I don't have the information, but I'm I'm trying to show up. I'm trying to, when I'm out in the world and interacting and people come to interact with me, I'm trying to be present. I'm trying to look in their eyes, be generous with my time. It's not that difficult. And on the flip side of asking questions, showing an interest, showing a level of care. That's a way that we can be generous. And then a really obvious one is donating money and time. So paying attention to organizations, individuals that need my support in either financially or with time and seeing how I can do more of that. That helps me to train in generosity. Which again, any moment that we're training in generosity is a moment that we cannot be greedy. And when we're being generous, I I bet you've noticed this too, when we're being generous, the world feels like a more benevolent place. We can feel more goodness because that's what we're creating. We can see how generosity played out in Georgia, how folks gave of their time, making phone calls, sending postcards, knocking on doors, donating money, talking to their communities so that these two candidates could be elected. So noticing 
where we can be training in generosity. Where can we give more? Aversion is the next poison. So how do we train in aversion? How do I train in aversion? I'm somewhat of a picky eater. I have a lot of ingredients that I choose not to eat because of how they affect my body and then other things that I choose not to eat because I just don't like them. So when I give in to my aversive side, I can really dismiss a lot of what's offered to me food-wise. It's not saying that I should eat things that make me sick. I'm not saying that. But there are times when a couple bites of tomato isn't going to kill me and it's a way that I could not be quite so aversive, right? So sometimes I can just get so sort of, well, I want things this way or I want things that way. A few episodes ago, I was talking about when I was sick and how I wanted a type of food that I couldn't get exactly what I was used to. And so the aversion was like so present because I just, I wanted it to be the way I wanted it to be. And I didn't like this and I didn't like that. And another way that I can train in aversion, fear is a form of aversion, right? Um, there's, there's wise fear. There are a lot of things that we shouldn't do to keep us safe and surviving. And there's a lot of false alarm fear. There's a lot of things that due to conditioning, I'm just afraid of for one reason or another. So I'm afraid of spiders. And I'm now in a place where there are a lot of different types of spiders than I'm used to. And I was getting all sort of worked up about, well, what if I get bit by this kind? And what if I get bit by that kind? And and none of these are fatal, right? Like all of these are things that I would be able to get treated for very easily. And so Is my fear going to get in the way of me doing something? Is my aversion going to get in the way of me doing things? Sometimes yes, and that's problematic. Like that is training an aversion every time that I say, I can't do it um, or I won't do it because I'm too scared. Again, not talking about things that are clearly dangerous or are not in my wheelhouse. But if I start to say, oh, I can't go to this beach because I saw that kind of spider there, that that's that's going to be training an aversion. And this links to the other thing with aversion is is that thing I can do where I avoid things that are difficult, right? So not learning something new because I'm afraid or because it's hard and I don't want to do hard things. I only want to do easy things. This can be really big, right? Like um, learning how to surf, say, or it can be really small, like learning a new recipe. And so anytime that I let my aversion take over and I say, no, I'm not going to even try, that's training an aversion, Training an aversion can close us off, can shut us down, can help us forget the universality of the human experience. It blocks us from compassion and empathy. We see this with the racism, with white nationalism in the U.S. Folks raised in a racist culture, the United States is a racist culture, and then rather than seeing that racism and trying to become anti-racist, they instead choose not to see the racism feed it so that they're training in aversion, training in hatred, training in separateness. Any moment that we're experiencing true compassion, however, we are unable to be aversive. So that's why training in compassion is so important. So some things that we can do to train in compassion. One thing that I've really been enjoying is putting myself in other people's shoes. So reading books, watching movies, listening to stories from people different from me. 
So I can access more compassion because I can see and understand their lived experience a little bit more. Another way we train in compassion is when we care about our own pain, taking care of ourselves when we're sick, eating when we're hungry, sleeping when we're tired. I have a horrible habit of living with a headache for several hours before taking the medicine that helps my headache. I don't know why, I just do it. And so when I offer myself compassion, when I take those pills, that's training the compassion, that's reminding me that, this, oh yeah, this is, this is what I do. I care about pain and I take care of pain. We can also care about other people's pain, not looking away when we're walking by homeless people, not looking away, making eye contact, smiling. We don't necessarily need to fix it in that moment. We maybe can't do anything, but we can at least care a little bit. We can at least look at it. We can see it. Another useful thing to train in compassion is to see where it's easy for us to make a difference. See where our gifts are most useful and do that. Sometimes we can talk about compassion fatigue or burnout. And so when we find the things that we're naturally drawn to or naturally moved to do that come from a place of compassion, that come from this heart that is responding to pain, do more of that. Whatever that is, that's, that's training in compassion. Training in compassion is not always easy. Seeing pain, sitting with it is hard. So we need to be careful when we need to step back a bit or protect our energy a bit, we can do that without reverting to aversion, right? So I was just talking about burnout. If we're just in compassion and compassion, then we can, like, it's like a switch flips and all of a sudden we hate everything and everybody. And it's like, oh, I was trying too hard. I was efforting too hard. I was not experiencing wise compassion. I was not boundaried and I was not careful. Again, with the runoff election in Georgia, compassion was present as people from outside of Georgia were able to see that without help, the long-standing systems of political oppression would stay in place, and that in order for change to occur, people who wanted to help had to access true compassion to see what would be useful and what would not. Somebody I know was saying that they thought, oh, I'll go to Georgia, and then they heard from the organization that they were working with, you know, Georgians aren't necessarily going to be excited to hear from someone outside of their community, but here are other things you can do. So with a compassionate heart, she was able to work and make a difference in a way that was useful to the state of Georgia. The third poison, delusion. Oof, I am good at training in this one. Um, one of my favorite ways that I train in delusion is I do double screen time. So I watch a show and I am playing a game on my phone at the same time, just trying to numb myself out as much as possible. Sometimes I will train in delusion by fudging my food numbers. I, I weigh my food and sometimes I will say, oh, well, that's about six ounces of chicken when really it's more like seven or whatever, but I'm not being honest with myself. I've had periods of time where I've trained in delusion by choosing to be very uninformed. I've had to figure out what's the right balance for me in terms of news and media, and I've, I've found my path with that. But there were times when I just would kind of really check out and be very uninformed about what was happening. And, and that's, that's delusion. It's okay to check out a bit, 
but not for months or years at a time. Another way I train in delusion is that I choose only one avenue of information or learning. I'm so often listening to or reading from the same sources. And so it's very important for me to try and widen my net a little bit and again, pull articles or news sources from people who are different from me. And one way that we really can get stuck in delusion is the delusion of identity, of fixed identity, that I'm this one thing that doesn't change. And when I'm stuck in that delusion, I then am trying to force myself to fit into boxes and force my behavior to be certain ways. Delusion is so tricky because it's hard to see through the delusion. So we kind of just need to always assume that we're a little bit deluded. Even around the practice, right? Like some Dharma talks I've given or things I've written in the past, I look back on and wow, that's not how I see this teaching anymore. You know, I've grown, I've changed. The information that I've got is different. It's not that I was necessarily deluded, but I I only had limited information. We always only have limited information. We never can have it all. So there's a real humility that comes with this life, with this being human, because things are changing all the time. With the attempted coup on the Capitol, delusion was present in so many ways. But two examples that I want to give are that many of the folks espouse Blue Lives Matter, but when a police officer tried to thwart them or get in their way, they attacked the officer. Many of the white nationalists claim to be patriots, but then they are trying to disrupt the democratic process. So those are just two examples of how delusion was present on the Capitol on January 6th. But if delusion can lead to something like that, it really makes me want to work hard to train the opposite, to not continue to train my delusion. So if presence is present, then delusion can't be. Ways we can train in presence, mindfulness meditation, right? Bam, number one. That allows us to drop in to our present moment experience. We can also do some body grounding practices, whether it's a body scan or check in with the five sense doors or a rooting practice where we feel our feet on the ground and our butt on the cushion or chair and and imagine ourselves growing roots and, and feeling that stability. A couple fun games I like to do to to cultivate presence are the alphabet game. Wherever I am, looking around, finding something that starts with A, something that starts with B, and going through the alphabet, just training my attention in a different way, connecting into the environment that I'm in. This is especially useful if I'm waiting in line for a long time in a store or something. It's a, it's a fun way to stay present and not just fall back into checking my phone or whatever, uh, or also giving myself a scavenger hunt and or doing this with friends and you know noticing 10 things in the room that are square and three things that are the color red or whatever but just again training your attention differently so that you're really connecting into wherever you are can also do a truth log especially if delusion is really present and things feel really foggy or really a lot of fear or whatever of writing down 10 things that are true that you can physically feel and know in those moments and connecting with others. We may not be able to see through our delusion, but when we're connecting with others, that brings us into presence, that brings us into the moment, that brings us into another perspective and that can help us 
settle and ground. When we're truly in our present moment experience, not only are we combating delusion, but we're showing ourselves compassion by caring about our experience and we're not giving into greed because we're accepting the moment as it is. So training in presence is very useful in terms of combating the training of the three poisons. The quote one more time, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. That's why we train so hard. What are you training in? How will that show up the next time a crisis occurs? If it's not what you would necessarily like to be training in, what are some ways you can train in generosity, compassion, and presence? Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.